Hello again, and welcome to the Wounded Under Shepherds podcast. This is Dr. Bill Scott, your host. I'm thankful that you've joined me again today. Today, as uh, we're reminded of the foundational scripture verse for this podcast, is in Hebrews uh, chapter 6, verse 10, where the scripture says, For God is not unjust to forget your work and labor of love, which you have shown toward his name, and that you have ministered to the saints and do minister. Today, I want to dedicate uh, this podcast to my precious wife and to all the pastor's wives uh, out there. The issue of being a pastor's wife uh, is multifaceted and Today I want to just share some thoughts from my heart and pray that it will be a blessing to you as a pastor and if you are married uh, to your wife. First of all, we're going to deal with the fallacy of the idea of the ideal pastor's wife. It is truly uh, a sad reality that we live with in pastoral ministry when a wife... uh, has so many expectations cast upon her. And there is a fallacy out there, even among uh, uh, academia, in the the, uh, theological world, that is, of academia, uh, that a pastor's wife uh, should be ideal. And they have ways of describing what they believe the ideal pastor's wife would look like. And to that I sincerely uh, question where that came from. Uh, It certainly isn't biblical, although I understand, yes, a pastor's wife uh, should be supportive, a a lady of uh, faith, and and, uh, so forth. But are we not doing uh, damage to our wives when we cast this additional burden upon them? We're already living in a fishbowl. So there's the dilemma of being a pastor's wife. Number one, because we do live in a fishbowl. As pastors and their families, uh, we live in a fishbowl or a glass house, if you want to put it that way. People are examining us, watching us from every angle at all times. There's always someone watching, and no, that isn't intended to sound paranoia. But unfortunately, it is a reality. There's the unrealistic expectations uh, of the ideal pastor's wife. Every church uh, is unique, and each church has a unique personality. Some churches are more laid back and less demanding of a pastor's wife, whereas uh, larger congregations uh, or particular congregations of any size uh, may have a very stringent expectation of their pastor's wife. Additionally, uh, some of the dilemma of being a pastor's wife is she has to deal with the criticism of others uh, toward toward her husband. Today, and we'll come back to that issue in a little bit, but as we uh, think about honoring pastor's wives today and honoring my wife, 
there's some things along the way that I've learned in the School of Hard Knocks. And, uh, but one of the things that our pastor's wives need to be encouraged to do, rather than fitting into the mold that some theological uh, institution or even the church body uh, envisions for them, we need to encourage our wives to celebrate who they are. You know, it is truly uh, a violent thing to put upon any human being expectations that are unbiblical and unrealistic. Yes, the pastor's wife, as I've already said, needs to be a lady of character. Certainly she needs to be a person that loves the Lord. She loves her husband and family. All those things are go without being said. Um, but to force upon her that you have to meet this certain criteria, which is unbiblical, uh, is ridiculous. And you may or may not agree with me, and that's okay. You don't have to agree with me. And uh, But anyway, I have learned over my 30 plus years in pastoral ministry that as pastors, if we are married, it is our responsibility to protect our wife and support her as much as is possible. So ladies, if you're a pastor's wife, celebrate who you are. God created you as a unique individual. Find out where your gifting is, and use that gifting for God's glory. If you're an extrovert, and you love being the center of attention, and you're boisterous, and just have all kinds of energy like the Energizer Bunny, well, God bless you. And use that energy for the glory of God. So obviously, you love your husband and you support his ministry. And it's great if you have that kind of gifting. But what if you don't? What if you're one of those wives who is an introvert? An introversion, just like extroversion, is on a scale. There are high extroverts who have to be the life of the party at all times. And there are introverts who may be so introverted that just going outside the home is a difficult challenge for them. I used to think that being an extrovert was a wonderful thing and being an introvert was a shameful thing. I know this from my own personal life history. I'm glad years ago I discovered that God creates us uniquely and there's no need for any of us, pastors or pastor's wives, to apologize for being who God made us to be. We all have personality traits, and not everyone's going to be a high extrovert, nor is everyone going to be a high introvert. How about if we just accept the gifting that God has given us and stop feeling shame and guilt? That's not from God, that's from the enemy. And unfortunately, in the church world, the church world, uh, unwittingly perhaps, uh, can be guilty of, of heaping that upon pastors and pastors' wives as well. So, pastors' wives, celebrate who you are. Embrace the originality of your personality. Celebrate the gifting that God has given you. After all, He created you in His image, and you are unique, and He has gifted you uniquely, and you have talents that are unique to your individuality. And that is for the glory of God. Use them to the best of your ability. Serve within your gifting, and resist the mold. Resist 
the mold that uh, someone would press upon you and force you into, and if you don't meet that criteria, then shame on you. Well, today, ladies, I want to say God bless you, and you be whoever it is God called you to be, and don't ever apologize. And yes, I'm not uh, looking through uh, colored glasses. I am fully aware that there are unrealistic expectations out there in the church world. But learn to embrace who you are, who God created you to be, who God gifted you to be, and whatever that is, whether it's high extroversion or whether it is high introversion, God has given you unique gifts that you can use in His kingdom and in His church. So God bless you. Discover what those are. Then you have to deal with the stress of protecting your husband's Uh, This is a special stress that our wives, those uh, pastors who have wives face, often uh, the wives hear the criticism of uh, by church members, uh, certainly unsolicited, uh, uh, but uh, some folks are so bold that they'll actually even come to the pastor's wife and uh, make cutting remarks about the pastor to the wife's face, and uh, and it can be anything from just uh, asinine to uh, vitriol, and you know, it's unfortunate that our wives have to deal with this, but it is a reality that many pastors' wives have to deal with. Not only do they love their husbands and they love their family if they have children, they have the double responsibility, or the double burden perhaps I should say more accurately, of listening to the criticism of their, about their husband or of their children. And often wives uh, do not want to share that with their husband because after all they love their husband and they're doing their best to protect and shield their husband. So ladies... Uh, If you've been a pastor's wife very long, uh, you very well know what I'm talking about. I know there's many beautiful people in the church body, and unfortunately there are also some unlovely people that we are called to love, and we still have to minister to them, even though we may not like them as a person. We are called to love them, And biblical love is to desire and seek the good uh, or the best for others. It doesn't necessarily mean that we have to have warm, fuzzy feelings toward them, pastorally speaking. So it's important, if you are a pastor's wife listening to this podcast, I encourage you to find an outlet. Find a confidant outside the church, but please be very careful who you choose to share deep issues with. Struggles, heartaches, stresses, frustrations. You do indeed need to find a confidant in whom you can just bear your soul to. But you must be sure that they are trustworthy. If you are not able to find such an individual, another outlet can be journaling. 
Journaling is a wonderful thing that we can use, that God can use to help us cope with some of the stresses that we have in life in general and in the pastoral ministry. Put your frustrations, your anger, just put it all down honestly on paper before God. After all, He knows your heart already. Find a hobby if you don't already have some type of hobby. Find something that you enjoy doing and dedicate some time to that on a weekly basis. Maybe you enjoy the great outdoors. If possible, uh, go biking, go hiking, do something outdoors uh, to just uh, bring refreshment to your mind and soul. Maybe it's going uh, and walking alone uh, along a park stream or just walking in the park. Uh, if you live out in the country, maybe you could take a walk uh, through a field or in the edge of the woods or whatever. Just find a way uh, to uh, recreate. Explore resources uh, of support, and there are some out there. Uh, look uh, at your denominational. Uh, go to their web pages and look for uh, items of support. Go to your Christian bookstore. Look for uh, items of support. Uh, contact a parachurch like Focus on the Family or uh, Dr. Dobson's uh, new uh, ministry. And forgive me, I'm going blank at the moment of the official title, but just Google it and there are resources out there. Protect time with your husband and your children if you have children. And it's okay to say no. Now I know many pastors' wives have great difficulty in doing this because they feel uh, obligated, uh, fearful that if they say no that it will only create a problem for their husband and they don't want to do that. Dear friends, there comes a point in time where you have to decide to draw the line and it is okay to say no. Uh, will the particular person or small group in the church be happy if you say no? Uh, probably not. But you have to choose on what hill to die. And if it's just some petty little meeting that's unnecessary for your attendance, uh, then learn to say no. And uh, husbands, I, I want to turn uh, my attention now to you, to those of us who are pastors, who are married. Uh, the Bible has given us in, in Ephesians 5.25, and to, uh, to be fair and, and uh, honest about the original context, obviously this wasn't written to pastors, but it was written to to Christian husbands, and we as a pastor qualify as a Christian husband. But here's what the Apostle Paul said in the New King James Version in Ephesians 5.25. Husbands, love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her. Now, if you're a pastor who is married, uh, you and I must be intentional in protecting our relationship with our wife. Brothers, you won't have a ministry if you lose your wife. Your wife should be your number one priority on this earth. Absolutely, your calling to God 
is first and foremost in the sense of your dedication to God. God should always be number one, but your wife should be number two, and not the church. Often pastors are guilty unintentionally, unwittingly, we, and I've been guilty, I confess, of putting the needs of others before my own wife's needs. Having been married for over 47 years now, I have learned through the years of how painful that is. Our wives need us, guys. We need to be intentional in spending time with them. There will always be more needs than you and I as a pastor can ever meet. But we only have one wife. And if you have small children in the home or teenagers, uh, you need to spend time with them too. You need to carve out some time where you too can learn on certain issues to just simply say no. You know, your wife needs you. She needs to have your protected time. There are dangers out there, guys, as you well know, emotionally, it is too easy for us to drift apart from our wife. We get engaged in the busyness of ministry. We're running to hospitals. Uh, we're, we're going to this committee meeting and that committee meeting. And all those things are important and good for the most part. But dear brothers, if we lose our wives, what have we gained? We've gained nothing. And we've actually betrayed the biblical injunction about loving our wives and giving ourselves for them. Just as Christ sacrificed his life literally for the church, here Paul is admonishing us to sacrifice ourselves, to love our wives just as Christ loved the church. Loving our wives involves sacrifice. Neglecting our wives is a terrible thing. There's the danger of giving all our time and all our energy to others and having nothing left to give to our wife or our children. Neglect, even when unintentional, is still neglect. Keep dating your wife, guys. Leave a card with a note of appreciation. Surprise her by bringing her a bouquet of flowers. Find out those things that are meaningful to her and surprise her. Maybe it's a foot massage, a back massage, a, a, a manicure, a pedicure. Maybe it's just bringing her uh, sitting down and drinking your favorite cup of tea or whatever. Find those little things. It doesn't have to be expensive. Dear guys, dear brothers in Christ, I plead with you as one who has been guilty himself of neglecting his wife, although it was unintentional, the pain in my wife's heart I created uh, still pains me to this day when I realized how much I was neglecting my wife. I thank God that we have been together all these years. My wife has always supported me. But there comes a time when our wives feel like a mistress. I'm just being very candid. And guys, I, I admonish you in the Lord. I encourage you in the Lord. Take the time to show your wife that you love her. Do those little things that mean more than one big thing.
Going on vacations is important. By all means, take every vacation you can, when you can. And as a full-time pastor, believe me, I understand how seldom that can be. But guys, we've got to get away. We have got to protect our wives. We've got to protect our families. And unless uh, the church building is literally burning down or someone dies or there's some terrible catastrophe in the church body, other members of the church, the deacon body and others, if you have multi-staff, they should be able to help protect your time with your wife in order that you can be the best pastor possible. So, wives, God bless you. I truly believe that God has a special reward for those pastors' wives who have stood by the side of their husbands through thick and through thin. And sometimes in the pastoral ministry, depending upon your context, it may be more thin than it is thick. But your wife loves you and she stood by your side, probably many times has fallen asleep. No, I'm not trying to heap guilt upon you. I'm just pleading with you as a fellow brother who's learned the hard way. Protect your wife. She is precious and she is a gift from God to you. May I pray for you. Father God, thank you for our wives, for those of us who are married and have wives. Lord, I pray for my brothers, whoever they may be who's listening to this podcast, that their hearts will be encouraged. Lord, that they will too understand this additional stress that their wives often carry that they never tell us. They keep it a secret to themselves because they love us and they know we're already carrying a heavy load and they don't want to add to it. Father, may you bless our wives and give us eyes to see, give us ears to hear, and hearts to feel. Bless my brothers, bless their wives, and Lord, use us for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Until next time.